It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe Podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. We are quickly, fastly, uh, abruptly approaching 400 episodes on our uh, our Get Home Safe podcast, man. It's hard to believe this is the 385th episode of the Get Home Safe podcast. And I know that we've gone through some changes over the years since this thing got started in, well, what would that have been? January of 2020, I think I did the first episode. I talked into my phone, literally in my car. February, maybe did another one. And then March, uh, when COVID and everything happened, that is when this show really got rolling. I started to uh, be more free, able to uh, come on here. I started bringing on guests. Then I went five days a week, eventually three days a week. And now, well, then two days a week. And here we are one day a week. This is just me for now while I'm uh, doing the football season for Real Hondo Prep, my alma mater, trying to put all my time and energy into that. So uh, not as many guests and things of that nature that I would like, but uh, we'll eventually get to it. Maybe a guest every month or something. But for now, you loyal listeners, you guys have been there since the beginning. You have to just uh, put up with me and my random opinions here. And again, this is my opportunity weekly to get on here and vent my frustrations, my observations of uh, of life, and um, you know, just just to get it out there, put it out there into the universe, so that I can get canceled someday by somebody. Right? That's the goal. That is the goal. Ultimately, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, anyway, good morning, everybody. It is Thursday, October twentieth, man. How fast has October been? We just started this month. Here we are uh, approaching Halloween. Can't wait for that. Uh, Our house here decorated and all kinds of fall Halloween stuff. And uh, man, I I say this all the time, but time just flies, man. You don't feel that way during the day necessarily. Like when you're working, you're up early, you're working and doing a bunch of things. Then all of a sudden, boom, before you know it, it's uh, the end of the week. And you're like, okay, cool. And oh, wait, we're starting Monday again. Wait a minute. What is going on here? Remember when you're a kid and life just was like dragging third grade. It seems like forever. I'm never going to get to the end of this. Uh, anyway, a few topics today uh, that I'm going to get to just some observations from uh, the world of sports, some observations from uh, maybe the world of politics. And of course, some other uh, random things that I like to always talk about things that are on my mind, experiences from uh, driving people around maybe, or just, uh, just, just, looking at lessons that can be learned from going to the grocery store or whatever. So anyway, uh, here we go. First off, the biggest news of the week uh, is definitely the collapse of the Los Angeles Dodgers, the 111 game winning Dodgers. Woo. Hang a banner, baby. Hang a banner. Not most wins ever, but uh, you know, man, that's awesome. Way to go. Dodgers. 111 wins. Beat the Padres by 22 games in the NL West. And uh, then you got to play a five-game divisional series, right? All you need, Dodgers, is ele- you won 111 games in the regular season. All you needed was 11 wins. Just 11. Not 111. Just 11. Three in the divisional round. Four in the championship series round. And four more in the World Series round. And could you do it? No. Keeping with the magical number of 1, 111, and 11. No. You came away with one. One victory in the postseason. And all the smack you talked about, the Padres for years. Oh, they're they're just a fake team. Oh, our, our little brothers down south, they're a joke. You beat them by 22 games. You beat them up in the regular season. What did they do? They took your L.A. swagger. And they stuck it where the sun don't shine and they beat you senseless. Dodgers win game one. If one in LA uh, putting the champagne on ice already. And uh, what an embarrassment. I mean, this, this is, uh, this is truly remarkable collapse. I'm trying to like put it in 
uh, perspective. Is this as bad as the Patriots going 16-0 and and then getting to the Super Bowl and losing? I don't think so because anything can happen in a championship game against the other best team in the league. Now time will tell. Will the Padres win the World Series? And the Dodgers can look back and be like, yeah, well, we lost again to another team that won the World Series, the Nationals and the Astros. The the playoff uh, futility of the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, has truly been remarkable. And this is someone who grew up a huge Dodgers fan. At one time, the Dodgers were a bigger part of my life than even the L.A. Rams. Because the Rams were in St. Louis, and even though uh, they've always been the L.A. Rams to me, they were far away, and it didn't mean as much. Still, man, that's what it meant even more when they came home. L.A.'s first professional sports team. I was going to remind people of that. But uh, the Dodgers, the Dodgers kind of after the Kobe Shaq era, I shouldn't even say that, after the Kobe era, after Kobe and Gasol, after those championships in uh, 2000. 9 2010 this had the opportunity really to become a dodger city it was a it's been a laker town forever some would argue it still is uh i I don't currently support the lakers because of their uh fearless leader mr phony fake lebron james i don't want to support him in any way you guys can do what you want i'm refusing to do i care more about the lakers than i do about lebron james and so i can take a hiatus and back away well that's not being a true fan man i would argue it is if your team unites with evil, in my opinion, not true, I mean, true evil, but you know, just figuratively, uh, yeah, I have a responsibility. I would say to say no. Much like all the, uh, you know, war protesters over the years. Oh, this is wrong. You know, you're not supporting your team, right? Because you didn't support the cause. Okay, God bless you. First Amendment. It still is. Yes, at least for now. Um, cool. I choose not to support the Lakers or the NBA for that matter. I I didn't even realize that they started last week. I had to I had to go on Facebook and look at um, all the LA fans. Well, I shouldn't say LA fans because they don't work for LA fans in every sport. LA, LA sports in every, in every sport. But uh, they started griping about how bad the Lakers were. I was like, why are you complaining about preseason games? Then I realized, oh, season's off to a great start. The Lakers, who I once loved and will again someday, uh, have gotten right out of the starting gate uh, led by their fearless leader, LeBron James. So this is not a Lakers show. We're going to talk about the Dodgers right now. And uh, how about them Kings? Speaking of uh, winter sports starting, go LA Kings. I got home in time just to see the very end of the Nashville Kings game the other night. Kings are down. They score a goal with tie it up with like two minutes left and then uh, win it in a shootout. I was like, yeah, baby. So, uh, after losing the first two, the Kings coming out of the gate, uh, th- winning uh, three in a row. So in a tough road trip. So go Kings go for you LA hockey fans out there. Uh, I mean, I got to get to it. A Kings game in Nashville. That would be, that, I may not come back. I'll tell you that, that would be phenomenal, man. Go there for a week. Enjoy the, uh, <clears throat> enjoy the celebration, the festivities, the, the music, the great city of Nashville. And I think uh, Nashville is becoming one of California's largest uh, cities in the country for sure <laughs> in the past few years. So back to the Dodgers and the mediocrity. You guys know I throw that word around a lot, especially when my Rams start really making me pull my hair out. Look at this. My hair is gone. My beard is turning gray. I know I'm getting old also, but being a passionate sports fan will do this to you. And so for all these Dodger fans walking around, and again, I'm a I, I don't know how to explain my fandom. I, I was a huge Dodger fan, like huge, like go to 20 games a year, huge uh, on, on like a $0 budget. And uh, that, that was being a Dodger fan was the beginning of my going in debt life. <laughs> I'll oh, just swipe the credit card. Let's go to a game. Let's go to a game. Anyway, it's improved since then, but uh, yeah, I blame the Dodgers for, for my credit score in a big, in a big way. Uh, but I, I then got into umpiring and I went to a professional umpire school and got in the minor leagues and you learn real fast that you got to put your fandom away. You know, everyone there had a team growing up dudes from St. Louis dudes from New York and uh, you know, Atlanta and everyone's a fan of someone. Well, that goes away real quick because you start umpiring in the minor leagues and you can't get all star, star starstruck, starstruck, starstruck when uh, you're, oh, this is the Dodgers uh, double A team. 
No, because those guys, it doesn't matter what team they're from. Uh, they all treat you the same. And it's a bad way, usually. So your fandom goes out the window. It's hard to explain. Maybe hard for people to understand. But that's just the way it is. So since I've gotten out of professional umpiring, man, 10 years ago, um, it's still kind of watched with the arm's distance because once it's gone, it kind of it's hard to reel it back. So I still watch the Dodgers and, and mostly from a frustrating standpoint, uh, cause I can be a semi fan now and I'm, I'm a fan, I guess, but I, I don't watch the, the games like I used to. And, uh, because a lot, again, with the front office, the things, the moves they made, they made a lot of great, uh, free agent signings and trades and things, but my goodness, this analytic side of baseball, the, the, the Dodgers, in my opinion, the past, let's see, when was that first world series 17 against the Astros. And even before that, uh, before that losses in the playoffs to the Cardinals, uh, they beat the Cubs. Maybe it was, oh, the Mets. Remember that one in the divisional round, five games. Uh, the past, I will say, maybe not 10 years. Maybe it has been 10 years. We'll say 10, maybe eight years. The Dodgers playoff ride has been a disaster, I think. They've been to three World Series. Okay, one was the COVID weird, uh, you know, Little League Tournament World Series in 2020, which they won. You can't take that banner away, but to me, I can't say that that World Series means nearly as much as other ones. The baseball grind, the 162 games, the the playoff, you know, the the, the wear and tear of a 162-game season – and to do that, survive that, and then the playoff series you got to go through, I mean, to me, it means so much more. I would almost put a bigger asterisk next to the Dodgers World Series in 2020 than 2017 and the Astros asterisk. Oh, Matt, how could you say that? Well, I, I don't know. Maybe you put one asterisk and two asterisks. I don't know. Either way, there's asterisks next to the Dodgers 2020 World Series. The Dodgers postseason overall has been an embarrassment. They've gotten to the to the World Series twice. They lost to those Astros. Then they came back and, and lost to the Red Sox. Uh, didn't even really compete in that World Series. And um, I know they won game three in, in extra innings. And who was it? Justin Turner, I think, hit a walk-off. Man, it's been years ago now. How do I remember stuff like that? Maybe I, maybe I misremembered it. But it's just for the payroll, for their success in the regular season. This really does remind me of what we saw with the Atlanta Braves in the 1990s. Dominant team, great team, team that was probably the best in the National League uh, all throughout that decade, right? At least, what was it, the early 90s? Yeah, all the 90s, really. But you know what they had out of that? One, one World Series. They went to a few World Series and lost. And that is no small feat, right? Going to the World Series, getting to a Super Bowl, like these are big deals, of course. But- when you're the Los Angeles Dodgers, when you have the highest payroll in baseball, when you are right there every single year and you just can't get over the hump, this has a very Buffalo Bills feel to it from the 90s as well. Four straight Super Bowls, four straight losses. And if, if your team gets to the Super Bowl and you lose, for a Super Bowl, for example, you get to the World Series and lose, you should be, you should be content with that season. And if, most fans would kill to have that opportunity. But when you get back, you get close, and you can't get over the hump repeatedly, you make the same stupid decisions repeatedly, you're still going with this whole analytic, we pitch five innings, then we pull them out of the game. That type of managing or micromanaging, it's not sustainable. The, the, the thing about sports, which I love, is that it is played, coached, officiated, by human beings and by our very nature, human beings are flawed. Mistakes are made on a daily basis. Even when you've had a good day, think about it. You got up on time. You had, you know, got to work on time. You had a great breakfast. You know, things went well at work, came home to the wife and kids. Everything went well. There's still parts of that day where maybe minor mistakes were made. Maybe you rolled through red light. Maybe, uh, I don't know, you, you, uh, he shorted someone on a tip. Maybe, I don't know what the, what it was, but there are moments in our day where we make mistakes and it's just human nature. We're not perfect. As uh, my former 
umpire, uh, professional umpire, school instructor, and former major league umpire Jim Evans used to say there was only one perfect person uh, on this planet, and they nailed him to a cross. Human nature is mistake prone. And why I love sports is, especially at the professional level, it is the greatest athletes in the world, the greatest coaches in the world, the greatest officials in the world. It's supposed to be the greatest general managing uh, uh, in the world. But I sit here and I question so many of the moves and tactics that we've seen. And to me, the sport has diminished so much. It is all strikeouts and home runs now. It is all analytics, pitch counts, five innings. And to me, the successful teams are the ones that maybe use some of those philosophies and strategies, but they don't depend on it, right? We, we, we're, it's 2022, guys, as I've said here before. There's constant evolution and new practices and things, but you still have to depend on a work ethic, right? Get up on time, show up on daily, show up on to uh, show up to work on time, uh, give your best effort, uh, be there for your family. There's still like the bread and butter of our society. And to me, there's still, even though it's, crumbled in the corner now there's still that bread and butter of sports and athletics you can try to change it all you want but ultimately man can you hit that three two pitch can you go the other way when you got to run around second in the bottom of the eighth to extend your one run lead to go to the ninth and try to close something out little things like that you know you can't sit there and go oh we need a home run here it's like well no you just need a base hit here well he's paid to hit home run. Well, maybe in the regular season but man in the postseason, you're just trying to win a series, win a game, win a pitch, win an inning, win a game, win a series. And the Dodgers have just, it also reminds me of the uh, the Cubs for a hundred years. They couldn't win the World Series, right? Disaster after disaster. Same thing with the Red Sox, uh, in the 1986, the Buckner play. Uh, they hadn't won since 1918. And all we had to constantly hear about was the curse of the Bambino and, and the, the curse of the goat, the goat, uh, the Billy goat, some of the Cubs. Cubs finally win the World Series, right? And it was uh, mad. And I used to sit there going, wait a minute. All you people complaining about, oh, we haven't won a World Series. Our team, our team's awful. We're cursed. I'm like, the Dodgers are cursed. Even as a, as a kid, I was like, I'm never going to see them get to a World Series. And I know 1988 wasn't that long, man. It was only, you know, 20, they only had to wait 20 years or whatever, 30 years. Hey, that's a lifetime for most of us. I don't want to say, you know, if, if you're some grandparent who's who's seen a hundred years of baseball of, of failures, hey, poor you. Hey, I don't know how you're keeping it together, but for all of us, I don't. I, I get so tired of hearing about other fan bases and how much they suffer compared to others. Everyone suffers. It, it's just no like, oh, you suffer more than me. Sorry, well, the Yankees have 27, 26 World World Series. I think the last one was in 09. Some would argue they've suffered. The Cleveland Indians. Yes, the Indians. They they haven't won a World Series since, I think, what, uh, 1940s, 1950s? It's been a while. I think they have the longest drought of teams that have been around a long time. Um, I'm not ca calling them the Guardians. I'm not doing it. And I'm not calling the Commanders the Commanders. Uh, pull my sponsorships from this podcast. Oh, I don't have any. Cleveland Indians, it's Washington Redskins. We need to stop this. You you can identify them however you want. That's how I'm identifying how they were uh, born and into the world, I guess. There. And those Cleveland Indians almost did it against the Yankees. Pushed it to game five. So anyway, this Dodgers futility reminds me of, again, the 90s Braves. Just right there. Oh, so close, man. And the uh, the curse of the Cubs slash Red Sox. At this point, I'm starting to think there might be a curse. As far as not realistically, but like the Dodgers, maybe they will never win a World Series, a real World Series. Sorry, not a, I'm I'm so, look. I know players are out there trying hard in 2020, and someone had to win that short season. I understand. But it's still going to be not the same. I'm sorry. It's just not. You can call me a hater all you want. Um, 
the same people out there, which is ironic, the same people that are saying, oh, the Rams Super Bowl, that didn't count. It was rigged. It was. Yeah, OK. Uh, same people there will will gladly wear their 2020 Dodgers World Series hat. And it's like, eh, come on now. Let's have standards. Let's raise the bar a little bit. Let's not let that be. I mean, that's like wearing a NL division champ shirt. Sorry, my standards are a little higher than that. <laughs> when I was in high school, I was just praying for a divisional championship. Then after they won a few of those, I was like, okay, how about getting to the World Series? That would be not. How about a playoff win, right? And then uh, <laughs> finally saw that. And it's like, okay, all that's behind us now. Let's win a World Series. Come on, Dodgers. And I don't know, man. It's not, it's not the same. I, I, I'm not trying to hate. I'm just, I'm speaking real here. I think most Dodger fans out there, if you're honest, you could sit there and be like, man, 2020 was so great. I'll remember where I was. They won it in Texas. It, it was so weird. You know, the, how it, how it panned out, but come on, man, it's not the same. You know it, you know it, you just got to admit it. And so for the Dodgers, uh, this is just Dave Roberts. Look, I know he's just doing what he's told from the uh, upper management, but here's my thing. What is insanity doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results? Uh, hello, Dodgers? No? Let's keep keep doing the same thing. It'll work this time. They're not going to run into a good team this time. This time, the thing we've been doing that hasn't been working will work. I promise you it will work. Sounds insane to me. Like, when are you going to learn? Fool me once, shame on me. Or is it fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I think it's the saying. I always mess these up. But continuing to do the same thing over and over again and, and hoping, well, hoping, praying, maybe the other team won't be good this time. Like, it's insane. You have to stop. You can't do the same thing over and over again and be like, well, the numbers say, the computer says it's going to work. The computer says to do this. I don't care what the computer says. I care what the Bible says to do. I care what, well, my boss tells me what to do, right? But I don't care what some computer and numbers say to do. We just listened the past two years about what doctors and experts said to do. And guess what? They were wrong. So stop listening to things that don't produce results, that don't work. Why is this hard to understand? Dodger fans, you should be furious right now with all of this there should be letters i mean what's it gonna take take your blinders off take your your true blue love of this team off and get mad get furious don't just post something on facebook the day that that the the team loses join the ranks of the the miserable the angry the don't celebrate a division championship you're supposed to win those things Highest payroll of baseball. You beat the Padres by 22 games and they embarrassed you in the divisional round. Embarrassed you. Dodgers had a three-run lead. I believe, what in that um, final game? Game four, which I watched. Sat there just like, nope, he's going to pull the pitcher. Yep. Oh, there he goes. Pull a guy when he's dealing. Pull a guy when he gets in trouble. This used to be a baseball thing. Now, all of a sudden, it's, let me read this. No, 100. Oh, wait. What'd you say, Mr. General Manager? Okay, I'll do it. I'll pull the pitcher. I don't need to do anything. Well, let's change the name of the word manager, shouldn't we? Change the title, I should say. You're not a man. If you're not going to be a manager, what, what are you? You're supposed to manage the team, manage the game, manage the decision making. Well, if you're not doing any of those things, maybe the name should change. How about uh, a listener from uh, above or or the the guy that uh, answers calls? I don't know. You have a bullpen coach. Maybe the manager should be renamed dugout coach because that's all he's doing. He's answering a phone call from upstairs or he's reading the orders, right? I'm not saying you don't follow orders. I think it's important to listen to your bosses and this and that. I'm simply saying in baseball, there used to be a thing where you managed with your gut, with your head, with your experience, what you know about your team, uh, 
how, how they're doing in certain situations, what's going on in their personal lives. And you made decisions in a game based off of those things, not some stupid piece of paper about launch angle and, uh, oh, it's pitch sequence this and that. I'm no expert. I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. I just sit here and vent about this because it has made the game so much worse. Congrats to the Padres. They they outplayed the Dodgers and all the Dodger fans talking smack. You got you got to eat crow, man. You when you talk smack, when you think, "Oh, my team's the greatest ever." Blah, blah. I mean, this is a complete embarrassment. 2020 didn't count. I'm sorry. I'm saying it here. I I'm going to believe it. Um, I'm, and I'm not saying it because I hate the Dodgers. I'm saying it because I want to see them win a true world series after the marathon season, after three consecutive playoff wins, not, and not a, not winning on a neutral site, neutral field. I want the home, the away, having to go into hostile crowds. They didn't have to do that last time. And I know it was only two years ago, but it's starting to feel like ancient history already, isn't it? So the Dodger curse, I think it's real. I think um, this whole analytics thing, it's been an interesting experiment. I'll give you that. It's a lot of people are making money, to big money to make these decisions, but it, it just it has to stop. It's not working. Well, it's working. They get to the playoffs. They It doesn't. No. Do you want to be a team that gets to the playoffs or do you want to be a team that wins a World Series? When's it when's repeated World Series? And I know there's other teams out there that are paid millions of dollars, their coaches, their their players. Everyone out there has coaches and players and, and management and things. Everyone has that. That's something not all sports fans understand. Other teams out there are good too. Yes, I understand. But when you're the Dodgers, when you're when you when you talk Dave Roberts in March about you will win a World Series this year and you win one playoff game, that's embarrassing. Maybe you shouldn't say that in the first place. Maybe a little humility. If you want LA sports to be, yeah, the pride and joy of American sports and we the best at everything and we the best, right? All that nonsense. You got you to gotta show up. You got to deliver. Similar Lakers missing playoffs. I mean, I don't even follow this team, but missing the playoffs repeatedly with the greatest player ever. Those are the standards for Los Angeles sports. I'm sorry. That's weak. Same with the Rams. I told you, hey, first year, awful. Second year, got to the playoffs. Sweet. Awesome. I'm happy. Next year, I want to win a playoff game. They win a playoff game. Go to the Super Bowl. They lose. You after that, come back, miss the playoffs. Unacceptable. You after that, get to the playoffs. I think win one. Lose in the playoffs again. Like, then you get to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl. Like, there's ebb and flow of this whole thing. You're not going to win every World Series. But win one. Win one. Win a true one. Don't be the Atlanta Braves. You know how many division championships, they banners they have hung there in uh, in, in the stadium? Nothing. Nothing to show. For, well, she didn't say nothing. One. And a lot of great memories with the, with three of the greatest pitchers ever. What a, what a pitching staff that was. Still only one, one World Series. And I know they went up against the great Yankees who won you know a ton in that era. But, man, Dodgers, you had a real opportunity over the past few years to be the Yankees of the late 90s, early 2000s, that Derek Jeter-led team, Paul O'Neill, all those guys. And instead, you became the 90s Braves. This is where you're at. And it has a lot to do with your leadership. And two-strike hitting, not making adjustments. Oh, power ball, the long ball. Wasn't this the greatest offense of all time? Everyone's saying, oh, they murderers roll. Where'd that lineup go in the postseason? Win game one. Oh, it was great. The championship. Yeah. What's going on? I just, I'm losing my mind about Dodgers win game one, five to three. And uh, San Diego still out hits you in game one. That was not a good sign. Game two, Padres answer back. Yes, you out hit them 11 to nine, but you fell short. Five, three. Fast forward to game three. All right, San Diego, new scene. Uh, Dodgers will be just fine. Guess what? Dodgers out hit again, seven to six. You lose two to one. Two, one run? Are you kidding me? I'm. I don't even remember. Was that was that was that one run a home run? Probably. 
And then finally Saturday, game four. All right, they'll be fine. They just got to win San Diego, get to L.A. Uh, no, out hit again, nine to seven. Uh, San Diego with five runs in the seventh inning. No one could put out that fire. And Josh Hader, when he came over uh, in that trade, the, their closer, uh, you know, not many people thought a whole lot about it here in L.A., but I was like, that could be the piece that really puts them over the hump against the Dodgers, of course, with Juan Soto and such too. But, well, enjoy your uh, enjoy your winter, Dodgers. Enjoy it. And uh, this time, you know, here we come around in March. It'll be, oh, this team's going to win the World Series 2023. They're going to do it. I'm tired of talking about things. It's 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 time to start doing things and showing things. And I know my my fellow Dodger fans, well, some of you guys care more than I do. I just roll my eyes at it because I'm like, I'm vaccinated from this stuff in a sense. And, you know, I guess it doesn't doesn't always work kind of like vaccine. You know, I come back a little bit here and there and it's like, ah, let me just get a little dose. But uh, I know you're frustrated. I feel you. I really do. And I wish you a speedy recovery from uh this dodger virus it, it is it is a tough and i know all the dodger haters out there are loving this um you know what they can enjoy their uh 80 game 60 game win seasons or whatever but um th- there's no more excuses for the dodgers i'm sorry you, you can't live in the past with all the world series you got to in the 2020 you, you got to move forward you need to uh start winning championships World Series championships, and maybe a few would be nice. You've already uh, ruined some careers. You know, Kershaw, all he's ever going to see is that 2020 World Series. Um, Sorry, with that team, with that group of guys, they should have won at least one more by now uh, over the course of the past 10 years, and it's just – it's not good enough. I'm sorry. It's not good enough. All right, I will move off the Dodgers a little bit and talk about a few other things. I am going to come back, circle back to USC football uh, briefly about their loss up in Salt Lake City. But I want to talk quickly about uh, some voting. Speaking of Atlanta and the Atlanta Braves, um, Georgia voting. Do you guys remember? I want to say, well, let's see. It was last year. The All-Star game was July. I was at the one at Dodger Stadium, a lot of fun. Uh, The All-Star game in 2021. Do you remember when it got moved from Atlanta to Colorado? Do you remember why? Uh, Rob Manfred, the coward, Rob Manfred, the coward that he is, um, alongside, uh, other people in the, on the left side of the aisle, they started protesting that Atlanta, that Georgia was hosting the major league baseball all-star game because of, uh, the, the new voting rights bills in Georgia where, uh, you know, little things like you'd have to show ID, you couldn't, uh, you couldn't give people, uh, any type of uh, food or water and things while standing in line, just simple voting, just polishing up their voting rules and right things of that nature. You know, just, you know, trying to make elections, I don't know, safer, uh, more secure. Seemed like de- decent, good. I, I think I'm always a fan of that, uh, as anybody should be making a, an election uh, a little better. So you remember when they moved the All-Star game out of Atlanta in protest over Georgia's recent voting laws calling it jim crow uh calling it voter suppression I mean, do you remember all this and they moved it to colorado which is funny because it had in some ways worse voter laws than i shouldn't say worse voter laws but just less uh restrictive more open voting po- or yeah i guess less restrictive uh less rest- more restrictive voting policies than in georgia do you guys remember all this no not trying to bore you uh Georgia is a state that has open voting or um, early voting, I should say, for the primaries upcoming. And uh, I got to tell you, it's a, it's it's a, it's a it's a good thing they protested and, and moved the MLB All Star Game uh, to fight the suppression of voting in Georgia. Because you know what we've seen, we've seen record numbers of people show up to vote. Uh, in early voting already in Georgia as compared to what we saw in 2020. We saw more people vote in the primaries a few months back in Georgia than we saw in 2020. So for all this voter suppression that was alleged, making voting harder, isn't it uh, weird or strange that more people, I thought I thought this was supposed to have less people vote. No? What am I missing here? 
I'm also, I've been flipping the news channels. I haven't seen any apologies from the Stacey Abrams of the world, from President Joe Biden, who called it Jim Eagle, weirdly, right? These are Jim Eagle laws. Suppressing the vote of people. Oh, okay. Well, we don't want that. That can't happen. But then the voting happened a few days ago and in the primaries months ago and record numbers. So which one is it? This is a classic example of what I talk about uh, all the time when uh, everything's backwards. You get lied to all the time and people just accept lies. Oh, Georgia's has racist voting? Yeah, move the all-star game. What? Huh? What do you mean racist voting? This is going to suppress the votes of people. Well, but it, but it, but it hasn't. What do you mean? Less people will be able to vote. Well, but yeah, but more people have showed up to vote than ever before. Well, it's only when you start lying, you eventually run out of lies. It just takes longer sometimes. Eventually you run out of lies. If you start on the lying train tracks, you run out of track eventually. It's just up to you, the consumer, to know when to get off the train. Wait a minute. When is? That's not right. That's a lie. They're lying to you. How many times are you going to be lied to about things like this before you wake up? Stop believing lies. Stop it. They 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 know how to st- all the and, the and the media is all behind this stuff. They stir it all up. They know exactly how what to say and how to say it and how to make something seem real when it's not. The voter suppression propaganda in Georgia was a joke. It wasn't real. And the proof is in the voter turnout thus far. If if the suppression was so bad, why have there been more people showing up to vote in the early voting now and in the primaries months ago? Explain that. Did they just buy it? Did everyone buy into the suppression and f- get in line and follow the the uh, the evil ways of the voting being cast? Is that what happened? Well, we get apologies. This is if this is su- voter suppression, it's the worst voter suppression of all time. And as far as news media outlets, Outkick, right? They always cover stuff like this. As far as the sports media goes, has Major League Baseball, MLB Network covered this? As, as the ES, ESPNs of the world, Baseball Tonight, have they covered this? Hey, maybe we shouldn't have. We had opinions when we were moving the All Star Game, right? But now you have no opinions when the facts come out, and to show you how truly stupid this all was, uh, again, this is all Outkick's work. I just kind of relay it to you guys. In Atlanta, you were supposed to honor at that All-Star game the great Hank Aaron, arguably one of the best baseball players of all time in the city that he once played, right? The Atlanta Braves. And that goes away because you make up a... A lie. You make up a a legitimate lie about voter suppression in a state and you move the all-star game to Colorado. So if I seem a little pissed off, it's because I am. It's when you hear lies and and you see people just believe them. Oh, it must be be a voter suppression in, in that city or that state. Nobody thinks for themselves. What is, what is, so oppressive about these voting laws. Name it. Say it. And they couldn't define it then. And they couldn't, and they certainly can't define it now. So you move this all-star game, and then you're not able to honor the late great Hank Aaron in the city that he is most known for, the city that he died in. It, it's just embarrassing. Guys, you, you have to wake up to this stuff. I don't care where your uh, allegiances lie, what your political party is, how you lean left or right. We got to start paying attention to stuff like this. What is reported or said or shouted from the rooftops is not always the truth. The truth hopefully eventually comes out and you have to see that you got got to piece it together. This isn't algebra. This is simple math here. This is general math, seventh grade. Start piecing it. Start like when you hear something, 
try not to let your emotions get too involved. Try to like absorb what is said, what is being like, okay, yeah, I got you. Okay, let's, okay, let's piece this together now. Wait, wait. I mean, you can't just be like, voter suppression. Yes, that's wrong. I'm going to be, oh, voter suppression. That's awful. What, why is that voter suppression? Explain that to me. And then they give you another fact or alleged fact. You're like, wait, you need ID to vote? What? How, how does that suppress people? Well, not everyone has an ID or can get an ID. That's my favorite. Wait, are you saying certain groups groups of people are incapable of getting an ID? That sounds kind of racist. Is that what you're talking about? I'm a, I'm on board. That's that's awful. That's evil. No, no, no. What we're saying is they shouldn't ask it in the first place. Wait, so you don't think certain groups of people are capable of doing something? That sounds and it's just a constant circle, right? Everything's backwards. Everything is backwards. Just night is day, day is night. <laughs> you just have to like Open the shades and look outside and see. The shades are closed and someone is telling you, yeah, it's it's nighttime outside. And you're like, wait, it feels like daytime. But no, no, it's nighttime. You're not going to truly know unless you open the shades and look out and be like, hey, what are you talking about? It's daytime. Just came up with that. So I don't know if that works for you guys or not. So voter suppression, pretty, pretty, not, not suppressing very well. I, I will say that. So uh, I'm going to look for apologies here from the politicians in Georgia and, and, and our uh, president uh, as well to see if, they will, in fact, do so, but uh, I, I doubt they will. It's, they'll be on to the next lie. Uh, I also got this with someone. I was uh, having a conversation with someone, and it was uh, – this is random, of course, but someone was like, oh, I, you know, talking about just different places to move, as, as I constantly do with everyone out here in California, and uh, talking about uh, different states, and I was talking to someone, and basically they said, oh, I couldn't do Texas, man. Texas, they're they're, they're racist down there or something of that of those. They don't treat everyone right down there. I'm like, huh? What are you talking about? I've been to Texas many times. I know all kinds of different people have gone down to Texas. A lot of people are moving there. What do you mean? Basically, you're accusing Texas of being a racist or something. I said, I was like, you don't know that. What are you talking about? And they're like, well, you don't know that either. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but I'm not the one making the charge. This is America, right? So when you charge someone with a crime, you then have to prove it. You can't just walk around and being like, oh, a murderer or oh, a thief. You then have to prove that they did it right that's like how court of law works You're innocent until proven guilty well that's my thing with like all of these activists and everyone shouting from the rooftops about all the atrocity atrocities and equity and this and that if you're gonna charge somebody with something you then need to provide uh evidence of it so you can't just charge a group oh this group of people is whatever wait no they're not well you don't know that they are it's like wait that's not how things work I'm not the one charging a group of people with something. If you're going to charge a group of people, and I don't like putting a group, of, that's another thing, like putting a whole group of people into something based off of what a couple people have done, like that's wrong too. Unless you have, again, evidence of, oh yeah, this has happened a lot. Okay, explain that to me. Don't just be like, oh, this group is evil. Well, hey, you don't know that. Well, you don't know that they're not. Like, that's not how things work. Like, Whatever your beliefs are, whatever they are, this guy's this guy's bad. He's a liar. Well, how's he a liar? Well, can you, you don't know that he's a liar? Well, you don't either. You never met him. I'm like, what? Well, uh, I don't have hair. To, I'm gonna start pulling out my eyebrows and then ripping off my beard here soon. Like this seems to be the logic in America now. Well, you don't have proof. You haven't done a study on it. It's like, well, yeah, I I just live in real life and talk to you know various people and like. So if you're going to accuse. A single person, a group of people, you're going to label, which I thought was wrong, right? You, you can label, you can label only certain groups of people, but not others. Like you shouldn't label any group of people. In my opinion, that's just me. Except like 49er fans, like I do here all the time, but that's a different story. We have evidence. Uh, I hope you guys understand where I'm coming from with that. Like what? We can't, you can't just well, I well, I read somewhere or I feel somewhere. It's like, okay, well, then explain like what you thought of it or like why you feel that way. Don't just be like, well, that group of people is racist. Like, oh, I don't I hate racism. So tell me how they're racist. Well, they just are. What well, doesn't work that way. <laughs> help me, help me get in the fight with you. I want to know. If there's racism, I want to fight it. Racism as an example, because it seems to be everywhere now. 
in uh, 2022. I, I I don't know, but it could be anything. It could be uh, I won't even get into it. Um, you know, the police, the police are evil. Oh, oh, uh, show me, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't want I don't want police brutality. Show me what's oh well, uh, this this happened. Oh, okay, yeah, that's one time. Uh, what else? No, no other. Oh, okay. Law and order. Crime is up. Crime is rising higher than the stock market. I think I think it's wonderful. Keep the crime going, guys. Keep it going. Uh, I've seen videos of people chasing people down with paintball guns in their front lawns when cars are getting stolen. I'm like, use real guns. Shoot those people. Anyway, I, oh, that's evil. I'm the I'm the bad guy. Shoot criminals who are stealing stuff from you. I'm the bad guy. I want crime to go down. I'm the bad guy. Oh, okay. This is why I need this show to let it all out. Anyway, if you're going to accuse somebody of something, have some evidence, have something, have some data. I don't know. Have have something. You can't just shout out names about what people are. Except for me with random teams. I can do that. Um, all right. USC football. Brutal, man. Brutal. And no, I'm not talking about the officiating. Everyone wants to cry about that. Oh, the officiating. The, they don't want. That's my favorite. You, They don't want USC to win. Nobody wants, no no officials want either team to win. Maybe they just had poor calls that night in a very hostile game between two very good teams. Back to my human element thing. Officiated by humans, played by humans, coached by humans. Mistakes happen. You got to deal with it. What I can't deal with is down on the goal line, USC gives up not one, but two touchdowns right up Broadway, right down Broadway. Okay, you stopped them on, I think it was, what, thir- uh, second down. Third down, they run right right between you for the for the potential tying touchdown. And then on the two-point conversion, they run right between you, right at you again. Back-to-back plays, that's not a referee problem. That's a you problem and a complete lack of toughness up front. 43 points? Are you kidding me? USC is all everything on offense. I get it. They're, they're, they're explosive. They can They can make big plays, but... I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to throw it out there. Are they a little soft? Utah looked like the more physical team to me that night, especially on those two final plays, the two biggest plays of the game. You want to stop them on third, third and uh, one, third and two, whatever. And I know it's tough to stop people when they only need a yard or two, but my goodness, you did it on second down. I'm thinking, all right, here we go. Third down. You're going to, you're going to bring up a fourth down, which they'll panic and try to roll out and throw a pass or something instead of run. And now you just let them waltz in the end zone. And then on the PAT, most teams don't even run the ball on a PAT. You need three yards. You need three yards on a PAT. Point after touchdown for those who don't know football terms. Um, And they run it right up in you? You're not embarrassed by that? That was a Utah Ute scalping a USC Trojan. Sorry, is that offensive? Okay, good. I mean, what, what what was that? Well, the refs, they don't... Stop it. Stop it. Analyze yourself. Look at you. Blaming of this, this world of blaming other people. Mirrors still work. Look inward. How about a consistent run defense? Well, USC, they got the most, like, uh, takeovers, blah, 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 blah. Stop it. I know it's not a fantasy football type of play. Third and one, got to stop them. All right, hey, they're going for two. They're, they don't want to go to overtime. Let, let's go. Stop them on a three. You give up a three-yard run when you know they're, it's the game-winning play. Three yards right in the heart of your defense on the two-point conversion. Hello? Do, do you think the, the USC teams of of, of uh, prior glory would allow that? No team in their right mind would run the ball for the point after, uh, after touchdown, for the try, a two-point conversion for three yards r- right through the heart of your defense. But you know why they did that? Because they don't respect you at all. Not at all. That was an indictment on the USC toughness up front. I know Caleb Williams threw for 381 yards. Uh, Cameron Rising, quite a night he had, 415 yards, uh, plus another 60 on the ground. 
You know, this, this college football game is, it's very offensive and defensive. If you ask me, no one's asking you to stop Utah from, uh, you know, scoring touchdowns, but my goodness, you give up 15 in the fourth quarter alone, including that two point conversion there at the end, when all you had to do is stop them there, get a bit, get a big road win. No, let them run the ball for three yards, right, right through the part of our defense. Go right ahead. Ole. You're not embarrassed by that? But you're oh, the Pac-12 officiating. Oh, so, okay. So all things considered, you were still in the game. You still had the lead in the fourth quarter uh, on the road in a tough, hostile environment. Jumped out to, uh, you know, 28 points in the first half and 14 in the second half. Where'd the scoring go? That was that was brutal, man. And uh, look, at I, I want USC to do well. I want them to get in the uh, the tournament, get in the dance, uh, maybe win the Pac-12, and then maybe uh, you know the college football playoff. But if you're gonna play up front like that on the game's biggest play, do you think Alabama would allow a team to run a, a three-yard uh, running play up the middle for a two-point conversion? Do you think they would allow that? How about Georgia? No? You think Ohio State would allow that? Game-winning two-point conversion. What would they, They're not going to possibly run the ball right up the middle. That's what they did. And that's an embarrassment. An absolute embarrassment. I was I was rooting for them, man. They should have won that game. A lot of people said they, they couldn't win that game, and, and they probably weren't in my eyes. But, man, when you got a lead in the fourth quarter and, and you, you've controlled most of the game and then you uh just – Wash it all away with uh, that that performance. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe it's good. Maybe it's a good thing they lost. They needed to just to move uh, move things on and, and try to be uh, try to be better in the future. So we'll see. One loss doesn't determine the whole season. A lot of games left, but um, that was a tough one indeed. Um, you know, I'm seeing a lot of hero ball by quarterbacks in the NFL, and what I mean by that is just look at all this runaround stuff. It doesn't seem like there's any. Uh, I will not say any, but the whole concept of delivering from the pocket on time, on script, you're just not seeing it as much. You're seeing it and it's right. It's all, oh, this is so cool. It's quarterbacks running around buying time. And then in the fourth quarter, they look exhausted. I wonder why I'm not saying just sit there and throw the ball or scrambling's bad. But what we're seeing is like this, this, these mad scrambles thrown across your body. Lamar Jackson with an awful interception this last weekend, uh, Josh Allen jumping over guys and this and that. He's going to get pot. He's going to hurt himself. I'm telling you right now, he's not going to have a 10 plus year career. That dude's going to be so beat up uh, over the course of an NFL season, even when you're not allowed to touch quarterbacks. Uh, Mahomes is probably best known for it. He's the best at it. He's a freak, a freak in nature. And so um, I don't know. Not everyone's Patrick Mahomes. Kyler Murray. I mean, he just his little, his little feet running around. I know he's fast, but. I mean, there's 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 opponents he faces. We'll see actually tonight with the with the Saints. What do they do to him? Do they pressure him? Do they just keep him in that box and not even rush the interior guys and just grab him and throw him down like a ragdoll? That seems to be the best defense against him. But we're just seeing quarterbacks go back, one receiver. No, he's not open. Like, whatever happened to check, check, check. Oh, there he is. Boom. I know I'm not the uh Mr. Fancy quarterback guy sitting in the pocket making throws, but like now it's like one look, okay, take off running. And then scramble drill. Every every play is the scramble drill. Just run around chaos. There's no structure anymore. There's too much hero ball. I think the best teams in football as that will separate themselves towards the end of the season are the teams that, number one, have a running game. You got to have something there. And that opens up. That slows down a pass rush, right? So, therefore, you can deliver the ball more from the pocket play action or just straight drop back. I'm not, you know, I'm not against shotgun. There's times to go four or five wide and, you know, read, read. Okay, there he is. Hot routes, all this and that. But it just seems like quarterback play. It seems real cool, right? It seems real sexy. Oh, this is all the man. This is this is the greatest stuff ever. I'm not so sure it is. And long term, the long term of a career. I mean, look at Russell Wilson right now. Uh, I'm not here to pile on Russell. Well, I've always been a fan of his. Um, but he he had his young. His whole entire career has been a run around guy, right? Buy time, scramble, get out of get out of trouble. It seemed like it's worn on him quite a bit. Like maybe he's lost a step and he certainly has uh, lost a few steps just in general at the quarterback position. It could be the new scenery. It could be the new coach and this and that, but 
I, I don't know, man. He's ultimately the guy with the ball, the guy making the decisions, the guy getting out of trouble. Um, I'm not saying he's washed up, but it does seem like he's lost a step or two uh, pretty young in his quarterback lifespan, right? And maybe that is because of a lot of the running he used to do. They didn't have a ton of design runs for him over the years, but still, he, he used to be a big scramble guy. And I think maybe it's uh, taking a toll on him. I, I don't know for sure. It's just a, an observation. And, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see if he can turn it around. I think he will. But um, I don't know. What do you think? It, 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 <laughs> it looks to me like there's a, there's a couple of guys in the league that, again, are freaks like Mahomes that can run around and, and buy time. And that's, that's no knock on that. If you can do it, cool. I'm just saying it takes a toll. It probably shortens your lifespan as a quarterback. And maybe, maybe that's what we're seeing with uh, with Wes, Russell Wilson as he's lost a step. And maybe that happens when you run around a ton and you take more hits than you should. And it's not to say you can't take hits from the pocket. I've always said this, but it's just an observation. It's something that uh, that I'm thinking about. So you guys think about it. Okay, last thing of the day. This is an economics lesson, which I found rather funny. I, uh, I still talk with uh, my football officiating friends. And uh, finally, high school football officiating got a huge raise, right? It, it, when I started, it was like $60 to ref a game. Now it's over a hundred, which is great. I, I, we've needed it for a long time. Um, we, we have a shortage of officials. We need to compensate these guys and, and get people out there that can do a great job out there on the gridiron. Well, um, so the game fees finally went up over a hundred bucks. They've been sitting on like 80 or something for a while. And in officiating associations, we have what's called uh, dues where you pay usually about, I don't know, 70, 80 bucks to be a member of the association. You get your uh, your kit, meaning uh, your rule books and little uh, just rule philosophy books and training training things, things of that nature. Excuse me. So usually 70, 80 bucks, whatever your dues. That's how you remember. You come to the meetings and um, you learn and things of that nature. So anyway, uh, there was talk that the dues were going to go up. I don't know how much, but I found it funny that Guys are complaining. No, the dues, the dues can't go up. Keep the dues the same after, um, you know, game fees finally went through the roof. And I'm thinking to myself, well, the theory is if you make more money, you can afford to pay more in uh, dues or shall I say taxes, right? Doesn't that make sense? If you make more money, you should be able, you should have to pay more in dues or taxes, <laughs> however you want to say it. I just found it interesting that uh, I got a first-hand example there of uh, maybe some smaller government, smaller, uh, less taxation, if you will, in the real world between uh, some friends. I found it rather funny. I want all dues, by the way, to be to be much uh, smaller. I want people to make as much money as they can and to keep as much money as they can. That's my philosophy. Whether you're making uh, 50 grand a year or 50 million, you should be able to keep as much as you can keep as much of the money that you earned. So I'm a fan of that. I've been consistent with that. So uh, I will say low dues, keep the dues low for my football officiating friends. And to you out there who don't quite get the analogy, well, then Maybe we'll charge your dues double. Maybe you can contribute more. I don't know. Anyway, guys, that will wrap up today's show. Just a quick story there at the end of, of something I found rather funny. About an hour again here on the Get Home Safe podcast. I will step away for a week and be back with you next week on Thursday, probably just uh, as that continues to be my, my day off and the time where I can most get out here and uh, put together the show. So I appreciate you guys for staying with me, uh, listening to my rants. And for those of you that, that get me. If you get me, cool. I don't know. You know, I not many people get me, nor should you. I'm a lunatic. I live in the world of analogies and I, I see the world, I guess, probably a lot different than other people do. But hey, that is why I jump behind the mic here to provide you with some random thoughts and uh, things of that nature. So anyway, guys, have a great rest of the week. Enjoy the weekend. My Rams are off, so they can't lose. Woohoo. Uh, there's some college football on, of course, some great games. That UCLA-Oregon game will be something to watch for sure. 
and of course some great action in the NFL. Uh, the Dodgers play. I'm kidding. The Dodgers do not play. You can enjoy the NLCS and the ALCS. I will have more reactions here. A couple of really good matchups. Man, I guess a Yankees-Phillies World Series would be at least double East Coast. What are those cities? Like an hour and a half apart. Um, but I, I think Houston and San Diego will have something to say about that. So a uh, good, good series already thus far and uh, some great playoff baseball here in the weekend and beyond. I will see you next week. Stay sane out there, my friends. Enjoy the fall season and the upcoming Halloween festivities too. We'll have plenty to talk about about that next week. Guys, as always, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.